Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And it's me again, it's Neil, and I'm joined by Paddy, as always. But we also have a very special guest today, traversing the the lines of latitude uh, all the way from different time zones, all the way over there in uh, in California. We have the wonderful Rick from the North America Lines uh, Club and the California Lines Club in general. But uh, Rick, how are you doing today? How is it there? I always I always slag with my friends in the in the states to say that you guys are in the past because of uh, the time difference. So how is it there? <laughs> seven hours behind. Doing doing fine. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, no. It's been a it's it's been a long time in the making. As I say, I've always you know followed you guys on on social media well before I ever had the podcast, and you know the work that you guys do there is absolutely fantastic. And uh, you know it's a pleasure to speak to you today, um, Paddy. How are you doing? I'm good, Neil. Thanks, William. Um, great to have uh, what what I class as uh, Lions Club royalty on the podcast today. So uh, it's good to see you, Rick, and I hope you're keeping well. Thanks, Fatty. Those kind words. <laughs> we've had uh, we've had a couple of North American Lions uh, members on before, and Simon Leach, obviously from Chicago, and Brett Bates from Toronto as well. But um, as I say, Rick, you've really been a driving force in in uh, I suppose in, in in spreading the love of Aston Villa around the place, and in, in, in not just the uh, California, but also the states in general. And uh, talk to us a small little bit about the about the club that you guys have there in California, and uh, I suppose maybe membership numbers. And and I know that in the state itself, it's 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 rapidly growing the numbers of of Aston Villa fans. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Um... 
Yeah, our, our California Lions Club is based in San Francisco, California. So it's pretty much right in the, the, the center of the state. And we were the first club in 2009, we were the first club on the west coast of the United States, first Lions Club. And we grew in numbers, you know, we swelled to, it was over a hundred people. And as you know, California is a large state. And as we grew over the first couple of years, um, people in the club realized, well, we need to actually have probably more branches of the Lions Clubs here in the West Coast, um, which would make it easier for us to get together. So the, as our um, numbers grew, especially in Southern California, the guys in Southern California, Simon Tissington and then Roger Sanderson in LA, they started branches and their numbers grew and so now we have three branches in the state here in San Francisco, and then um, Los Angeles has one, and then San Diego. Oh, excellent. Or, so, uh, go ahead. It, so it traverses almost, uh, well, halfway up the state, I suppose, as such. Yeah, yeah. We pretty much, um, I've always told the guys that we've. it's our job to basically turn the state clerk blue. <laughs> and roughly how many members would, would you guys think the jab between the three clubs? Oh gosh. That's 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 a good question. Still, I mean, between I would say 250 altogether. Wow. And you know, and numbers vary on match day, but total numbers that we're in contact with now, people we have registered, yeah, it's it's several hundred. Excellent. That's, and that's fantastic there. It always blows me away because, you know, Paddy will be able to, you, you'll be able to tell me exactly the number about the, how many, how many registered, uh, you know, I suppose lines members we have here in Ireland, but, you know, to have that many in just one state in the United States. Now, obviously the population mass there is huge, but still it, it's fantastic to see those numbers. Now, how many have we registered in Ireland, Paddy? I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> there's, there's nearly a hundred in the Munster Lions, mm -hmm. and I think the Leinster Lions have about three hundred, maybe a little bit higher than that. Um, but when you put it, you put it in context of the sheer distance that them guys are from Villa Park to, uh, you know, you might tell us a bit, Rick. You know, uh, do you have relations from Birmingham, or, or how did the love for for Aston Villa come about, being so far away? For me personally, I mean, for a lot of the guys um, in the state, you know, they're expats, you know, born, born and grew up in Birmingham. So, you know, Aston Villa was always their team. For me and other American supporters, we all have our individual stories of, of how we got connected with the club. And for me, um, it all really came about in relation to, the, to Aston Villa's uh, partnership with acorns about 10 years ago i was volunteering at a local children's hospice here in the bay area and was doing work there at the same time kind of separately i was um you know following football i was i i was season ticket holder for our local mls team san jose earthquakes but you know i i, I really loved watching the english game I mean, uh, the quality of play is just so much higher, and uh, but I didn't have a team. 
I, you know, I grew up here in Oakland, California, in the East Bay. So all of my teams, my local whole teams were um, Oakland-based. So at the time, before the Raiders moved their second time, it was the Raiders, Golden State Warriors were based in Oakland until they just recently moved to San Francisco, and then the Oakland A's. And I also follow the San Jose Sharks in hockey. But Aston Villa, um, I was looking for an English team to support. I just thought, gosh, you can't really follow English football and not have a club that you're supporting. It just makes it so much more interesting. And you connect with more people, right? So, uh, but I spent a lot of time deciding, well, what team am I going to connect with? You know, I wasn't going to, you guys always hear the stories of all the typical American glory supporters, right? They'll pick <laughs> the Uniteds or the, you know, Liverpools or the Chelsea's. But I didn't want to go that direction. I wanted to take my time. So I spent a lot of time reading up on histories of clubs. And um, when I got to Aston Villa, I was reading about the history, but it was right around that time when Aston Villa, I, Aston Villa announced that they were working on a partnership with Acorns. So I'm volunteering at this local hospice, and I had already heard about Acorns through that work because um, the model of the hospice here in the Bay Area was based on a model like Acorns. So I had heard all about Acorns through this local hospice. And then when I was reading about Aston Villa and then the word, the organization Acorns came up, I said, oh my gosh, I think my team just picked me. <laughs> and that, that, that was really it. I mean, and then that started, then I just dove in deep into Aston Villa tradition and history. And I'm saying, oh gosh, you know, that whole, that whole phrase that I learned about later, right, that, that we don't choose, you know, we are chosen. I mean, it, it totally applies to how I landed at Aston Villa. And once, I, once that happened, I was Claritin and Blue, Villa Park, Aston Villa, <laughs> true and true. <laughs> now I think of them as one of my teams, just like my Oakland A's. I mean, it's crazy, but, but I'm... I'm Totally got Clark and Blue Blood and everything. So it's been wonderful. So that's kind of my story. That's a, that's a great story. It's uh, it's not too dissimilar to mine. I don't know. Can you see behind me? I've got uh, some Cleveland Brown stuff here. And, uh, you know, I, I could have fared out better for my club that chose me in the NFL. Uh, I really could have. I am, I'm totally aware of that. Uh, but, um, you know, cross my fingers. Someday I'm going to be right with the Cleveland Browns. Someday I'm going to be right. But uh, it just hey, doesn't. Neil, it just Al, doesn't. Is, Al Saund- is Al Saunders still a coach for the Cleveland Browns? No, he's not. He actually he left with uh, when the uh, Hugh Jackson regime left uh, went about oh, a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, no, Al Saunders was was there for quite a while. Um, very. Uh, elder statesman, I think, around there. He was he was kind of very well respected senior coach, but no, he's not there anymore. But yeah, the Browns were um, kind of like you. I was looking around for a team in the NFL, and uh, Randy Lerner uh, obviously took over Villa. And at that stage, I had been I'd been toying with the idea of of supporting the Browns because they were while they were still poor, they had a winning season. And then I said, yeah, I'm going to support them. This is this is now chosen me. But uh, yeah, the less said about that, the better. 
<laughs> sure. And you mentioned that you do the 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 acorns came up and the acorns really drew you towards this. And you've done tons of fundraising, uh, Rick. And you know, it, it it blows my mind when when I see the amount of work that you've done there. And do you want to talk to us a small bit about that and uh, and and uh, you know some of the work that you've done recently? Well, yeah, you know, so that's my original connection with. Um, with Aston Villa, and it all first started in back in 2012, when Aston Villa was over here for their one of their American preseason tours, and they had a West Coast stop in Portland, Oregon, which is just the state north of California. So a bunch of us in uh, California, I think at that time we were still just the California Lions. There weren't other branches, and we organized. You know, we got tickets for everybody, and a whole slug of us went up there um, for that weekend game. And we decided to have, you know, I, I just suggested to the guys, hey, let's try to do some fundraising while we're up there. And um, a bunch of people donated items, you know, from their own personal collections, basically. And I think we got, a, you know, a couple items from Villa and a couple items from the MLS club Portland Timbers who was the other team and we we just did a very simple raffle um and raised a couple couple thousand dollars you know at, the, at that time we thought wow this is huge and it was just very simple and everyone had a great time and we thought gosh you know as we start then we started doing our North America meetups in 20 what what year was that 2013 we did our first North American meetup and I suggested to Simon Leach in Chicago because that's where we were doing it. Hey, let's do Let's have an acorns raffle in conjunction with our meetup. And so we did it there. We raised a, a few more thousand dollars. And then the next thing you know, it, the North American meetup came an annual event. And every year we've had, it's grown from a simple raffle to a raffle and live auction and oh. then we've added you know t-shirt sales and things like that every year and it's grown and grown and grown every year so last year in 2019 we had our north america meetup here in san francisco we were mm -hmm. fortunate to be the hosts and we raised over twelve thousand wow. dollars on that weekend so it's been spectacular and every year i'm i'm, I'm usually trying to help provide assistance with the host for that particular year, you know, contacting either the clubs or people, celebrity fans. We've had, we've been able to be, uh, um, have a regular contact with Tom Hanks. Oh, lovely. And he's signed items for us, for our, for our raffles and auctions and have really raised a lot of great um, funding and Acorns has been so appreciative every year. So now we just, this is what we do every year. Tom Hanks, like he—he's got—he must have the best signature ever. He—he he just signs it T Hanks, so it looks yeah. like Hanks. That's fantastic. I love that. I love whatever I see it. Whatever he signs anything off, but that is amazing, Rick. 
like that that is absolutely fantastic and and you mentioned that the the uh, unfortunately well, you mentioned that every year that you have a north american meetup and i know when i brett bates on earlier that he was getting geared up for the north american meet in toronto this year and unfortunately it's not going to go ahead and that's actually that would have been coming up within the next month or so i think it was around the 23rd of september if i'm not mistaken and uh funnily enough i might have met you over there because i was uh i was going to try and take in a i was going to try and take in that event and then go from toronto uh to <coughs> excuse me to cleveland and uh, oh, then oh. come home again so because uh, that's usually the trip i make when i go to cleveland is toronto first and stay with a mate of mine and then down to cleveland so it's uh it would have been absolutely perfect for me if it had got and i wouldn't mind. have to be another year yeah definitely yeah, but- i was i was i was bitterly disappointed too because i i was in new york for a week while the the meetup was on so i would have got up for a couple of days as well but <laughs> that's life isn't it We'll yeah. uh, we'll have to make sure we do it properly sometime, Rick. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. it'll happen again. You know, Brett hasn't. Um, you know, things are just so much up in the air, as you guys know, mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. To uh, to to pick a date yet um, is just so difficult. But he he definitely wants to have it. Maybe it's going to be at the beginning of the next season. It once you know, people yeah. are feeling more safe to travel. That's the hard part. Yeah. Absolutely. And as you say, that's the main thing that there will be days again that we will be able to have these as well. So, um, you know, it's, I was going to say it's something to look forward to, but when you don't have an actual date that you can pencil in the diary, <laughs> yeah. it can be very difficult to do yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, I would be, it, you know, it, 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 it tallies up. If it's on during the NFL season, I can get a pass from um, she who owns me. <laughs> downstairs uh by all means i would absolutely be over there in a heartbeat so uh, i am looking forward to it if it still is going to be on toronto next time i will definitely be looking yeah, forward our meet to up, the meetup in san francisco was in september and mm-hmm. one of the things that the guy that the group did there was a gosh there was at least 20 i think uh, they went to our raiders game that weekend too oh, wow. yeah so you know that's how those meetups are you know that there's usually a lot of other activities going on in the city and we try to organize a few things for people to, to get out, see the, see the area and do some things like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really, you know, and, and it makes a real spectacle of it as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, Rick as well. I see that you're sporting an absolutely fantastic, uh, AVFC Irish lines Jersey there. And, uh, from... I, <laughs> I have three of them. Actually, I have three of them. <laughs> I have this one. I have the green, green, green Paul McGraw one, mm-hmm. and there was one earlier one before that that I got. It was a Macron one, Irish yeah. line. That was the cure leukemia one, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I have. So I have those three. Whenever I hear about it, you know, I I usually put my order in. I go, oh, I got to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and your good news is, Rick, we'll have another one very soon. <laughs> That's what the talks are. Absolutely. But you're a man that whenever I see you on social media, and I sound a bit like a stalker, I suppose, really, but I'm not. As I say, I'm in a lot of the group, a lot of the, the Aston Villa groups. Whenever I see you, you've got you've always got a villa gear on. It's fantastic to see. But today we released new uh gear, new training gear, training tops, and uh I think they've been very, very roundly well well received. But um what are your views on them? Uh is it are a few a few of them going to be winging their way to to California in the near future. 
Probably. I mean, I've actually, I couldn't help myself the day that uh, the home kit was launched. My order, my, my order, my pre-order went in right away. I really liked those. And, and the training gear, yeah, they look fantastic. You know, as with, you know, I think the only struggle for people have been, you know, can I get the sizing right when I order? Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, that's been an issue with this particular brand. But other than that, yeah, that um, we really, really like the designs. I, I'm really looking forward to the Away and the third kit. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about when they're coming out, but it must be coming out shortly. Yeah. Well, we have the Away kit uh, launched this weekend. So we're okay. just waiting on an official uh, time for that. I presume it's going to coincide with the fixtures on Friday. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, fixtures Friday, could, Friday could be an interesting day. So fingers crossed. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's a problem when you get to a certain age, Rick, and, and the belly starts to droop when you... <laughs> Speaking from my own experience, that you you start worrying about sizes, like uh, I'm I'm not exactly uh, above six foot, but having to wear an XL or triple XL, I find it very hard. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah don't, I rem- don't I don't go for the pro fit sizes either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I took uh, when, when I because at, at the time when I was younger um, getting Aston Villa gear wasn't 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 very easy but uh, I very first Aston Villa jersey I no it wasn't it was the second Aston Villa jersey I ever got was the old Muller uh, striped jersey but it yeah. was in like it was double XL it was men's double XL so it fully covered my arms I was what <laughs> at that stage I was nine so it fully covered my arms so it was like uh, it was like I was wearing a jumper big baggy jumper and I still have it and to this day it still doesn't properly fit me that's how big it was but uh i did <laughs> contemplate and i did actually take it into a clothing alteration place uh <laughs> about uh-huh. maybe about four years ago and i asked them to alter it and they looked at me and they said really you really do you really want to alter it to fit and then i kind of went there's a bit of a story behind it actually i won't and uh and i chickened yeah. out and i didn't get them to do it but uh <laughs> it was uh, it's still I mean, monstrous that's a great story <laughs> I could use it as a duvet cover, you know. I could, I, I <laughs> if I ever needed it, it was absolutely huge. But um, yeah, it was an old, uh, old Paul McGraw jersey, so uh, hence the name of the podcast. Um, but yeah, the, the the kit looks fantastic, and and like you, I I splurged. Oh, better shouldn't shouldn't say this because my plan was to to spend more money again and 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 play it <laughs> off as if it was all the one order, but. And she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I bought the the zip up uh, match day um, top and, and a couple of more and, and one of the jerseys. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to those coming now as well. But uh, I might have to splurge out on on a couple of the the, the training tops as well, well. You know, Neil, the key the key is, you know, I've drawn my wife into the whole Clark and Blue family. <laughs> And I mean, her first meetup was the one we had in New York, and now she's just totally into it. She gets up early for our 7 a.m. kickoffs and hits the pub with me and the other folks <laughs> for the matches. And so the key is, when you buy yourself a shirt, you order one for your your, your wife or your partner too, and then everything works fine. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. You know what? I'll definitely get to the North American meetup if I invite her too. So uh, there's, it, there's, a, there's a plan coming together here. I'm, 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 there you go. I'm beginning to begin to 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 see. The well, you know, that's a, I mean, that's actually a great point because each year with the North America meetup, more there are more and more 
females that have been joining along and mm -hmm. the group. So it's actually been great. And um, so now people are coming with spouses or girlfriends and stuff and, and partners. And um, it's been fantastic to see um, more women coming to, to these, uh, these weekend events as well. Yeah, I suppose it's 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 a family day out as well. A lot of the time, going to the football is a family day out. So, like you know, it it's yeah, it's fantastic to hear too because uh, it's 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 it would be great to spend uh, a week. At, like I would love to go to go to matches and 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 to bring to bring my partner along with me. You know, she if if I could get her involved in it, but uh, no. there's a big if in that, but I think that she'd be more inclined to go to watch Aston Villa in San Francisco or in uh, yeah. New York or in Toronto than she would be to, to go yeah. and watch them in Birmingham. So, uh, well, you, well, you my, my family, and we had a trip actually planned to come over in April this year till COVID hit. Mm. And, it would have been the first time. Typically, I travel across, you know, I come across at least once a year to catch a couple of matches. But this year, I decided, you know, I'm going to bring my whole family. So I have my wife, Kathy, and our two daughters. And we were plan we had a trip planned and our tickets and everything um, to go, all four of us. Um, and we were going to be over for the Liverpool away fixture and the yeah. Man United home fixture that week. And then everything, you know, everything, everything COVID broke up. loose and that was the end of that. But yeah, it was going to be a great family um, holiday and squeezing in a couple of Aston Villa matches. We had, a, of course, Villa Park tour tickets and everything. Yeah. We were actually going to, we are actually going to meet some representatives um, from Acorns as well, because we were going to do kind of like a ceremonial check presentation for oh. our, our fundraising from um, the meetup in San Francisco. So we had all this planned and set up and that whole trip got canceled. Canceled. That's a shame. It's a shame. But as I say, hopefully, hopefully in the future we'll be you'll be able to do it again. In the not too distant future, should I say, you'll be able to do it again. Although it would be it would have been nice to see Liverpool and United as well being um uh, you know, back to, well, not the way that the results went. It wouldn't have been nice well, to, right. to see, but uh, maybe, maybe the next time you do come over, if you get those two games, we will be a bit more competitive against Man United yeah. and against Liverpool. And yeah. and I suppose that that brings us nicely onto um, what the future holds for Aston Villa too, because obviously. And it's kind of strange. Obviously, we're in a transfer market. We're a transfer window. You you, you wouldn't know it because we haven't signed anybody yet. But uh, it's funny. If you go on Twitter, every single club's fans are saying the same thing. Why haven't we signed anybody? This is a disgrace. Why do our club always leave it too late? Yet nobody signed anybody bar Man City. And like, there's only been a couple of signings. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the links that we've had, Rick, to, uh, I suppose, uh, Ollie Watkins, Marlott Rashica, and so on? What are your thoughts on those links? Are they inspiring? Are they, are they exciting? And, and, you know, maybe who would you feel would be, would be good to go for as well if the opportunity arose? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's exciting, you know, the whole silly season. I mean, seeing all these links between Aston Villa and all these other players, um, it's exciting to read about it, but I'm always trying to temper my excitement, right? Because it's the it's the media wanting to get their news out there or their take on anything, and I'm I'm really waiting for official announcements from Villa about signings, 
or until I hear people like you guys or other more other reliable news that I'm hoping to hear from first to give me a hint that this is a possibility. I, I agree that, um, you know, we need strengthening throughout the team in all the positions. You know, I was thinking about a lot of people haven't talked about it, but, you know, goalkeeping. I, I really like Keaton, but I'm, I'm concerned about injury and we've been bouncing around goalkeepers the last several seasons. That's true. And we don't have a young, strong goalkeeper that, will, that can be here for a decent length of time that could just be a solid fixture between the posts. I'm hoping that we can find somebody that we can establish there because um, it's always just been a, I don't know, people, a tag team kind of constantly because of injuries and stuff, people coming in and out. And um, that's one piece that I'd really love to see us really find somebody. It's a pivotal position, all right. And um, it's funny that you should mention that because even on Twitter, uh, I was saying that, yes, I would love it. And I had a kind of almost almost as maybe fifth priority for positions. But, you know, the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked at it. Um, we don't know when, when Tom Heaton is going to be back. And we weren't exactly rock solid with Oren Nealand and Jed Steers. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Paddy. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember, but I don't think Jed Steer has played a premiership game. Or if he has, it hasn't been for quite a while. So, you know, it's the lack of experience that's there. Um, or Nealon could come in, he could stop marbles one day, and then the next day he could catch yeah. one and walk back over the line and uh, and get away with not giving away a goal right. like he did against Very, uh, Sheffield United. We, we've had a lot of inconsistency. Yes. And then when Tom Heaton started... I, I could kind of start seeing some consistency there finally. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And then we were back to bouncing around. Rick, would you be, would you be happy if we re-signed Pepe Reina? You know, I mean, short term, you know, I think it's short term. It's a solution, but it's not, it's not going to address a long-term solid number one that I think we need. Um, so much of football relies on, you know, Neil, we were talking about analytics. So I've been listening to your podcast. It's been really interesting to listen to folks talk about how analytics can be used in, in football. Unlike baseball, which, which is, you know, statistics are always collected on these kind of one-on-one decisions or, or points in a game, you know, pitcher to batter, batter either hitting the ball or not hitting the ball. In football, there is so much rhythm and connection between all the players at the same time mm -hmm. that's the part that analytics that i at least i'm not aware of any analytics that captures the sense of how well do certain players play together and that that's something that um is missing in terms of uh we look at all the individual places you know places where we uh Maybe we could, could strengthen our team, whether it's in the midfield or in the defense or in the strikers or wingers. But that there's that intangible about how well do those players, how will they play together? And that's why, I've, like when we talk about strikers, I can't help but think about Tammy Abraham, even though I don't, you know, I'm not sure what his, if he's even going to be available, but because he has already has some playing experience with a lot of people on our current team. There's that synergy that mm -hmm. they have. 
compared to just bringing someone brand new from another club. I think that intangible is a really important thing. And I see a big plus with Tammy, but like I said, it, it might be difficult to get him. And that's it's interesting that you bring up that kind of intangible, that synergy, that chemistry that the yeah, the uh, players have, because you see t- you see players like Romelu Lukaku. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for Man United for a finish. Yet he goes out to Inter and scores thirty three goals. And 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 the phrase I suppose horses for courses kind of comes to mind that um, that that you know some people will flourish in different systems. And this is where I think the statistical analysis will come from is that instead of going out and saying, "Oh, that player was good for this team," let's sign him because I think he's a good player. It'll be more. That player performs that duty in that team in this team perfectly, and I think he could come into my team and perform that duty even better. Right. Um. So I would think that this uh, the statistical piece would be uh would be more so the uh, identification of traits, identification maybe of of people who who are more productive from certain starting positions, from um you know where they pick up the ball, where they receive the ball, and trying to fit that in around the coach's kind of ideals and ideological. Uh, kind of makeup, uh, which it, to me is really exciting because, uh, well, if sorry, I'm going to preface it and say it's really exciting if you get it right, and if you get it wrong, it could be like that Paul Lambert season where we signed Alexander Tonev and uh, yeah, Nicholas Hellenius. Yeah. Uh, I give I give Paddy Riley and Tim Sherwood a kind of a pass because I actually feel that Paddy Riley did the right job, but there was too much turmoil within the club at that time. The club was always going to be sold no matter what, and um. I think there was just too much turmoil for that kind of forward thinking to work. But uh, yeah, as I said, that's that's what's most exciting for me is that uh, we may not get a name, like that the people will will be chomping at the bit here and there, but he may fit in perfectly. And I think something kind of came to mind recently as well, and not came to mind, it was only today, I was listening to, to TalkSport, uh, uh, radio, radio show here in the UK, and uh, former Spurs player Jamie O'Hara was... Uh, was on and he was basically saying that Man United should just go and buy Harry Kane. And I couldn't get over the arrogance of that that kind of mindset of, oh yeah, just go and buy probably the greatest English striker since Alan Shearer, probably the, in the top three greatest English strikers of all time. Just go and buy him from a club that, you know, are pretty much on a level level. Uh, setting with Man United at the moment, and 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 you know, as I say, horses for courses. Harry Kane is great. We're not going to sign Harry Kane, but you know, if United couldn't get the most of someone like a Rama Lukaku or an Alexis Sanchez, I wouldn't be betting my bottom dollar on them getting the, getting the most out of a Harry Kane either. And I think certain clubs need to start thinking like that. They need to start thinking smarter as opposed to thinking about the big shiny lights and headlines. Yeah, yeah. I've always been wondered about you know. As we talk about this, you know, about, you know, Christian Benteke, right? As soon as he left, you know, everyone said, well, God, what happened to this guy? He just dropped off the map. But, you know, I've always wondered if it was at that time the system that really played into where his skills were. And as soon as he left the system, he hasn't been the same. Um, So that could be an example, possibly, if, if anyone had the time to really look into it, that, that that could have been a, a change that affected him in his career following his time at Aston Villa. 
Paddy, you keep me honest with this one as well. I think he had like like the two wingers he had, if I'm not mistaken, were all Brighton and uh, Andy Wyman. And mm-hmm. I think that if I was, in fairness, two of the most selfless uh, wingers that you're ever going to have, they were not there for themselves. They were there to create and to, you know, to back up their full backs and, and just get down and dirty. And, and maybe there is something in that. Maybe everything just needed to be fully channeled through him. And the two teams that he's been with since, obviously Liverpool, he, wa- he wasn't the main guy whenever he was there. And, and at Crystal Palace, he would have been vying for the the, the spotlight with uh, quite a lot of players like Balassi and like Wilfred Zaha. And, you know, it could just be something as simple as that, that he needed to be the shining light within the team. Well, to... That's it. I think, I think the key thing, what, what killed him, his confidence and everything else, um, was the the fact that he was under so much pressure to perform and and be that main man that he was at Aston Villa, and it it doesn't always translate that way, you know. You don't always get the success story like Dwight York moving on and still scoring a lot of goals at Man United. That's not always the case, which, you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you there, uh, Rick, would you would you rather sign Tammy Abraham or sign Ollie Watkins? Because it's it's something that I'm not really bothered about. And the reason is, we don't necessarily, you know, <laughs> we don't buy well from within the Premier League, or we haven't done previously. So bringing players through without the pressure of, of Tammy coming back and scoring all the goals, either, either one would be fine with me. But I'd be interested to see what you think, because you obviously, as you said earlier, you're a big fan of uh, Tammy Abraham. But, like, what do you know of Ollie Watkins? Do you think... He would be a typical Villa type signing. You know, you know, I don't know as much about him, but I think um, Dean's, you know, coming from from having familiarity with with Dean Smith and things like that. I mean, I'm positive about that. Um, but there's something about, I mean, going back to that synergy that Tammy had the time he was here all alone with the with the current players like Jack and and other folks, though a lot of those folks might are gone now. He just seemed to fit where we needed a striker. We didn't need someone to be the 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 person for the team, the name, the face of the team. That's you know, Jack is that. And he was just there to and it, his goals weren't these spectacular goals, right? He was tapping in a lot of balls. He was at the right place where he needed to be. And I really liked that about him because um, we didn't need him to, we just needed him to score. It didn't matter what they looked like. And these days I've always felt like, gosh, when the ball, when we do get a ball that gets delivered through the areas, God, the striker's not in the right spot. Tammy seemed to always have this knack for being at the right spot. And that's why, that's what helped him score his goals. I always thought. So that's, that's what I like about him. And he's familiar with Aston Villa from his past yeah. play. <clears throat> like I, I'm presuming it's going to be quite difficult. Well, maybe it's not that they, the fact that Chelsea have signed Timo Werner. Maybe there is an opportunity for us to go and get him now at you know a reasonable figure. And Kai so, Havertz is under radar as well, who would yeah. need to be the main man. You know, when he comes in there, or at least close to it, because he he's a yeah. starlet in the making too. Absolutely. So maybe the opportunity is there. And 
God, like, what, why can't we have the two of them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and I think that's the way we need to be because we, we've seen this year when when Wesley got injured, we were in big trouble. We didn't see yeah. goals from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, the, in all the positions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The backup needs to be there. There needs to be a um, a plan of attack for, you know, when, when these guys are gone. And he, same, you know, as you say with the goalkeeper, like, Nyland did okay when he came back in. You just had that good deal more of security that could defend higher when Reina was in the team because they knew he would be out off his line, he'd play as a sweeper, he'd do all those things if he was stuck in behind that you couldn't rely on Nyland to do. So, you know, I think backup is important and good quality backup. So, you know, for me, if, if someone asked me that question, is do we buy Tammy Abraham? Do we buy Ollie Watkins? I, th- I think we've got to be thinking about buying two similar type players. You know, yeah. if that's Watkins and Benarama, you know, Benarama mightn't score as many goals as either of them, but we, we need we need to spend money. We need to we need we need backup in every position because at the moment we struggle at left back if yeah. if we have injuries. You know, we, we we could run a bit light in midfield if we if we had two injuries. So we we need to have it there. And then there's talk of. Uh, of um, Manchester City exercising the right to take back Douglas Louise, which I think will rip the heart out of us as well. So, you know, I think with the players coming back this week, I think we'll start to see a little bit of movement and a little bit of planning for the future. And we might get some sort of decision out of Jack as well. So mm-hmm. I think I think we'll definitely start to see some movement by this time next week. Yeah, it's tomorrow, I think. Sorry, Rick. Do you think that, you know, Jack's decision will dictate the direction we might go in, in signings for this season. I mean, I just, I'm trying to figure out whether, whether he stays or goes, how much impact that has on, I know it'll have impact on who we're signing in terms of midfield, but how it affects the rest of the team and how we, what direction we might go in, in terms of wingers and strikers and, defenders and you know how his position is always is has been such a hub for for Villa because of his skills um how his decision is going to affect the direction that we go full bore once we actually start signing people mm. well I, I think it's hugely important that we keep him at this stage and and send out a statement of intent like I can't see anyone other than Man U paying out the money that that will be required to buy him. Have that there's been no mention of of, of overseas or or do the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid have the buying power at the moment to to go and buy Jack Grealish. I can't see it. So, you know, I think from our point of view, he will be the most important signing of this window in yeah. that that we know we're going in on the 14th of September when this closes, having Jack tied down for at least the season. To, you know, to build a new team, to build a team around them. And to be honest, you know, I think he owes us another season. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, he's, we, we've been really good for him. He's playing with his boyhood team. We, you know, we've built the team around them as it is. Um, we've made him captain. You know, all the signs are there. You know, if, if, if this is your team, why would you not want to stay? Obviously, you want to win trophies. You want to play for your country. But, I don't think one more season is going to make a difference in that department. So 
I'm hoping that we we can we can see out till the 14th of September with him there, and I know keep keep the good players around him like Luis and McGinn. I think they're the mainstay of the of that team that we have, and then we can just build around them from there. But uh, for me, I think it's an absolute must that we keep him. I, I yeah, that's our survival. Just it's just it's just so huge in terms of ensuring him our, our chance of having him stay. If we had gotten relegated, I think people had were already, you know, getting used to the idea of him not being on the team. But it's just so huge that we are able to have that miracle at the end of the season. <laughs> and I think that's a lot to do with it. I think people had us written off as relegation fodder and and being seven points down. And I think at that stage, United were going, yeah, look, we'll take him for forty million. But the stakes are higher now. He's worth more to us yeah. now. We need to keep our position in the league. Like, I genuinely don't see another team in the Premier League where he will, number one, have the freedom to do what he wants. Number two, where he will absolutely fit in because he's such a maverick player. Like, you bring him into the United team, they already have their ace in the pack with, with Bruno Fernandes. Do you play him on the left wing? Are they going to convert Mason? Are they going to convert Rashford into a number, a number nine? Martial is there. They're going to bring on, probably bring in another striker. You know, they have an embarrassment of riches up there as it is at the moment that they can't, that they've only recently gotten to fire under on all cylinders. Are they going to push him back beside McTominay, where they play Fred uh, in a kind right. of more uh, a more of a traditional centre midfield role and waste him? Um, you know, so for me, it's it's baffling that I think United would have taken a chance at him for forty million and would have played him into a position over time, but. I think that the juice is going to be too much for the squeeze uh, here at the moment uh, for United. And I think that that uh, comes back to, to, to our favor that I genuinely like the teams that he's going to want to go to may not want to pounce for him this year, which is brilliant for us. And long may it continue. Right. And I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier about intangibles, if he goes to one of the, if he was in a situation with a, a, another team that just has so much depth in all these positions, I would suspect that Jack's game would have to change. His 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 or his game would be forced to change, and he wouldn't be the same Jack Grealish. And that's it. I, I think United would push him out in the left wing, expect him to yeah. be Garrett Bale, expect him to be uh, uh, Ryan Giggs, and yes, he could do that. He's done that for Villa this year, but he is best when he is that. That uh, that wild card in midfield, that roaming midfielder that can do what he wants. Um, I kind of maybe spoke out of turn when I said that he probably couldn't play further back in a, in a traditional two central mid, center midfielders. But um, my mind always goes back to the 2015 FA Cup semi final when he played in that role against Liverpool and he ran the show as a what 19 year old, and uh, he was he really he was like Pirlo uh, and and. He, he just dictated all the play and, and kept it moving. And he was that perfect continuity player. Um, but his game actually, his game has evolved since then. And he doesn't do that as much anymore. So, uh, yeah, it would be a bit of a gamble if that's where you were going to actually pay 80 million for, to play him there. And, and uh, I just think it would be a waste of his, of, of his natural born talent, I think. Um, exactly. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. But there is a lot of excitement, I think, in this transfer window. And, and as you said, Paddy, that, it's all to be written, you know. We should see action. I think the players come back tomorrow. Is it? I think it's tomorrow. Uh, I think some of them are, some of them are back already. 
Yeah, yeah, I think Miss Louise uh, was already in Birmingham today, having a bit of a workout, and uh, Jack Grealish yeah. is on his way back. I think maybe. Yeah. And in fairness to him, he's been in Mykonos working now for the last few days. So, yeah, and I know I know there's a really good guy in Mykonos that works hard on fitness with with he specifically deals with footballers. So there there's been quite a few of them out there this week working yeah. on different things of the day. So I wouldn't I wouldn't call what he was doing there having a holiday either. No, no, no. <laughs> I hope I hope there's no 14 day quarantine. Otherwise, we're <laughs> we'll be two weeks into. I, I think know, it is on. I was worried about that too, seeing photos of guys on holiday and stuff like that. And I go, oh gosh, just hopefully this COVID doesn't catch one of them. Yeah, exactly. 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 Because they would have been away from testing for the last two weeks now. So uh, it'll be interesting. I presume they'll be tested nearly every day for the next few weeks just to make sure. Um, yeah. Kind of like what they do in the in the American Sports League bubbles for by their uh, their testing, testing, testing for, for the initial period to make sure they've eradicated it, which is the smart thing to do. Absolutely is the smart thing to do. Um, before we go, uh, just popped into my mind. I didn't have this on the initial list, but uh, in the UK, they're looking at trialing fans back in the stadiums with a litany of rules and regulations, including no singing. Um, <laughs> I, to, to me, just being honest, I think you go into the stadium, you sing, you cheer as normal. But what I think, I, I, I'm sorry, I think you cheer goals as normal and you groan when the pass goes out over the line and you and, and all that. But I think what, it, what they mean by that is that there's no organized chance throughout the whole game. And I don't really know where I stand on it. I, I would like to have the opportunity to get into the park to watch a game. But some people are up in arms about it and, what way? What way do you guys feel about it, Rick? And what this was like? The a lot of the American sports are back already, and they're just plowing through. But they've got no fans. Um, what way would that Cardboard be received? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but what way would that be received over in the states if you were to say, let's say, have? Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, the you mentioned the the Golden State Warriors. Uh, if they were to play a game. And but in Golden State as opposed to in this Disney bubble that they're in at the moment, what way right. would that be received? Do you think fans would would adhere to the rules? Do you think it would be an unmitigated well, disaster? You know, that, that that's a great question. And why are they the things that I love? I love so much about you know English football and other football outside of the United States is, I mean. The, the atmosphere and the singing is a huge part of it. So when I first read those articles online about, oh, if fans were going to be allowed back in stadiums, they're going to have rules about no singing. I thought, gosh, you're, they're basically asking you not to breathe. I mean, singing is like breathing in English football. Yeah. And um, maybe you have separate sections. You have a section where people are allowed to sing and you, and you, you reduce the capacity maybe a little bit more, but, I just don't know how you you can't. There's no way to enforce it that I, I know of. Other than sign a waiver. But in American sports, I think it could be handled in American stadiums, even American. I mean, not American football, American football, baseball, because it's not the same. You know, American sports. You guys have probably always heard this, right? If you go to a baseball game, you go to a American football game. When do you hear uh, fans loudest? 
after you see the big sign go up on the big screen that says, yeah. make noise. <laughs> and then the crowd goes crazy. And I thought, you know, the American, American sports fans, they're just trained to respond to a cheerleader or a sign. I, I try to explain it to my American friends who don't follow football. I'm thinking, you don't go to these games and wait for somebody to tell you to make noise. It, it happens spontaneously and it's organized. I love that about English football, European football. And the Americans, American uh, sports fan is so far behind in that respect. I would, I would love it if, because even in um, MLS football, I, I don't really call them songs. They're more like, well, they're chants, I guess, but they're like four wood chants and they just repeat themselves over and over and over and over again. <laughs> They're not songs or you hear the beating drum. But, you know, it's a cultural thing. Because I know in Mexico, you have a lot of drum playing at, at football matches. But um, there's nothing like uh, European football and English football and singing. So I think going back to your question, you're asking them not to breathe if you're asking them not to sing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you should marry. I think the two cultures would be great to marry together because I'd love to be in a stadium where I was singing, but also I'd love if halftime a fella came out with a cannon full of T-shirts and shot them into the crowd because uh, something like that would be fantastic. Or a pyramid of cheerleaders in the middle of the... Usually what happens at, at, a, at a football game in the UK is that a fella comes out and sits in the centre circle and does keepy-uppies. Um, and he's usually some fella who's tried to break the world record about five times before and failed. So that's usually what happens yeah. as halftime entertainment. Yeah, there's probably some things that, that could be transferred over as long as it doesn't become too westernized or, Amer or Americanized. Because, oh man, I mean, I mean, the Super Bowl, right, is like the, the biggest example. I mean, that's it's a very exceptional example. I mean, it's the, the halftime is the show. Yeah. I mean, that's like the yeah. biggest hot going into that football game. But halftime is about entertainment and everything. And I think halftime in English football games is for supporters, especially us Aston Villa fans, catch our breath, get our nerves back together, you know, mm -hmm. grab a beer and just like prepare for the second half. Get our, yeah, prepare <laughs> for the second half psychologically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had this conversation today with, with a friend of mine who he, he wouldn't go to games you know, on the extent that I would. And he maybe goes once every three or four years. And, and he was saying, oh, you can't sing. And sure, that's not so bad. And I was like, well, you can't sing. You can't talk. You can't shout. You can't go, oh, when, yeah. when the ball goes wide. Like, what? It's it's like going back to the whole VAR thing when, you, when you're afraid to cheer when you score a goal. <laughs> football, is, football is a release for people. You need to be able to cheer and sing and have fun and have a few beers, spill your beer over people or whatever, whatever it is. You can't put limitations on it. So I think, sadly for me, if, if those limitations are going to be there, it'll be, a, it'll be a long time before I get to sit in the whole end again. It'd just be so hard, I mean, because it's your natural reaction, right? Of course, yeah. It's like you're going to be singing the second line of the song before you go, oh, wait, there's a roll. I forgot. <laughs> it's like, I liken it to, if someone stands on your toe, you're going to let out a screech. You know, yeah. if somebody, if somebody scores a goal, it's the same type of reaction. It hits you in that nerve. Or if somebody, um, 
you know, if somebody commits a foul or drags down a player as, as he's going through, you're going to commit that same same reaction. It's going to hit a nerve and you're going to have an involuntary... Yippee-yay, yippee-yay-yo, you know what's going to happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's going to be very difficult. Look, it'd be interesting to see uh, how they trial it, um, if it ever gets off the ground. And I suppose really it'll 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 probably be... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you probably know the outcome of it pretty quickly, I would imagine, after the first two or three televised games, whether they're going to keep it or whether they're going to get rid of it. Um, yeah, it's going to be. It's, it's, I'd hate to be in the position to make those kind of decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very tough tough thing to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Rick, thank you so much for your time. I, I did it again. Fifteen minutes, and we're nearly an hour chatting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've robbed I've robbed your uh, your Tuesday already. Uh, but it's been a pleasure. No, I is, love listening to your guys. You know, I always refer to your podcast as the God Pod. <laughs> Actually, we might. There we go. Uh, how much do I owe you for that? Because uh, uh, I might have to buy that name off you. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I, I've I mentioned it to somebody else. I said, you know, I feel like I I'm sitting in an an Irish pub hanging out with a couple of mates talking about football. Yeah. That's what I love about listening to you guys. That's the vibe we're going for. <laughs> we're going for the drunk idiot just, vibe. That's what we're <laughs> Can I just say, Rick, um, yeah, I had, had the pleasure of spending a few uh, Saturday evenings in your company during lockdown. So thanks for yeah. allowing me to your North American Zoom and shooting the breeze, lit, lit, literally uh, having a few beers with the guys. And it was good fun. You know, to to see all you guys because normally I only see you at the end of the season when when we have our uh, chairman's day. So it was great to see you know the likes of yourself and Simon Leach and the boys. Yeah. Uh, I can't even, wait for the next time we could have a chairman's weekend or we, you know chairman's day at Villa Park. Yeah, it'll be something special when it does come around again. Yeah, and I'm sure all of us will be there, especially the of first course. one back. <laughs> We're we're working on Neil um, opening a, a West of Ireland uh, Lions club, so uh, fingers uh, crossed it'll all come together. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, so we'll we'll all pile on too and say we'll be on him as well. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Sorry, this... Neil, that it's out it's out of the the cat's out of the bag now. All the North anymore. American chairman get on it. What's what's taking so long? <laughs> I can't I can't say no anymore. I'm I'm nearly a year saying no to Paddy at this stage. But uh, you know, he did say he would wear me down and he's getting very, very close to it so far. Uh, but we're he's actually doing his job. We're, we're yeah, we're we're actually actively looking for a place to watch games and see to to judge see what kind of numbers would be here. But uh yeah, um consider it consider it done uh, if we can get the numbers and a place to watch games. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Rick, uh, if nothing else, you've just gotten a new uh, a new Aston <laughs> Aston Villa Lions club set up. Uh, if nothing else, <laughs> it only took you to come on the pod to get that done. <laughs> but um, your own fantastic club is there. Um, where can people find you? Go and you know, go and see all the great stuff that you're doing. What kind of social media are you on? If you want to plug any of that, well, so, we uh, we are on yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we actually just relaunched our own website. AVFCCalifornia.com, and so we're we're just trying to get it, get out on as many outlets as we can, um, and we've you know I think you guys spoke about it in your previous in one of your previous pods about 
um, the Google map that we have set up for nice. all the Lions clubs in North America. And we're trying to load that with all the details of who the chairman is, who, what's their email address, what's the name and address of the pub they're, they're in. And we're constantly trying to make sure that's kept up to date um, for folks that are especially traveling over. And if you're gonna be in Cleveland, you know, um, you can look up the Lions Club that's closest by and actually contact the chairman there and members there ahead of time so they know to, that yeah. you're on your way and be there. There is a Cleveland club, all right. I was in contact with uh, with the gentleman that, that was running the club, Brian. Uh, Brian yeah, I, Brian. Um, I got I got very Irish that day and uh, started drinking way too early, and then uh, I completely forgot. <laughs> and I watched the. It was on a Sunday as well, so uh, when Cleveland were playing, I was in the Muni lot, and I actually watched it in my phone. And I had a big group of people around me looking at the game on my phone, so it was it was a bit of an experience in itself. Uh, we didn't, we never it's, made it down. It's to the kind program. of great because all the chairmen over here in North America, I mean, we all know each other um, so well now, even though we're spread out geographically. And it's all because of our um, our love of Acid Villa and um, being able to organize events like this, and like for Brett's Toronto meetup that that we're still going to have at some point um you know he leans on a lot of us to kind of chip in ideas or to help out mm -hmm. so we're all there to help each other out and we've really grown into a, a to quite a family yeah exactly that's what i was going to say you guys are very kind of there is a kind of like a fraternity there of uh of a family a band of brothers really and, and you know you guys are, are a really good network over there which is fantastic to see yeah well as I say, Rick, thank you so much for popping on. Um, I thank hope you. when this COVID thing is over that you get tons and tons of of uh, Aston Villa fans just looking you up, trying to find uh, find a watering hole or two to go and uh, and watch games yeah. with you guys with. And um, you know, I'd be delighted to have you on the podcast again in the future if you ever if you if you've ever got anything going on, any fundraisers or anything, please reach out to us. We'd be delighted to spread the word because the work that you okay. do with Acorns is absolutely wonderful. fantastic. Fantastic. So good to see you and see you as well again, Patty. You too, Rick. You take care. You guys Excellent. take good care too. Up Thanks, the villa. Rick. Up the villa indeed. Up the villa. Thanks a million once again to Rick from the California Lions Club and the North American Lions Club as a whole for popping on today. It was fantastic to to finally get get to talk to him and and as we mentioned, we've spoken to so many guys from the from the North American Lions Club. You know, it's it, it's great to see our brethren across the water and uh, that they're spreading the good news in uh, in the United States. Uh, thanks once again to everybody for listening. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know where you can find us, you can find us on at Love McGrath Pod. Although we are thinking of changing it to the God Pod uh, on Rick's uh, behest after what he said in that podcast. But uh, we're in negotiations to buy the rights of the rights of that Twitter handle from him as we speak. <laughs> you can reach Paddy at Villa Paddy, and uh, you know if you know of anybody that you think may like this podcast, we'd be delighted if you could share it out and if you could maybe um. As I always say, if you're in a pub, if you're somewhere, someone goes to the toilet, rob their phone, subscribe them to it, they'll thank you for it afterwards. Uh, we're coming close, hopefully, to a couple of signings. The guys are back in the um, in, in the training facility over the next couple of days, starting from tomorrow. And hopefully we should see some news trickle out with some signings and uh, some more concrete news on, on some um, some uh, targets as well as we get in through the rest of the week. And until then... All that's left to say is up the villa.
Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.